0: According to Webster's Dictionary, an entrepreneur is a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risk in order to do so. Throughout the history of this podcast, we've been promoting and speaking with independent business owners who happen to be entrepreneurs and happen to look just like me. The key ingredient to any successful entrepreneur is one elementary factor. They go to work. I go to work
1: like a doctor when I rock the mic you got to like the way I operate I make miracles happen just for rapping I'm so lyrically
0: building a name for the business and the business owner is work how do you do that when there's financial projections accounting and payroll marketing with sales legal contracts talent recruitment and a whole host of other tasks that need to be done on a daily basis whether large or small The average entrepreneur spends more than a typical nine-to-five developing their businesses. For the business owner who desires to keep his or her business running in a productive manner, there are business seminars to attend, employee retreats to plan, and the bottom line to generate a profit. When navigating these expansive business areas, the best thing to have as an entrepreneur is a network. Because according to the philosophy of my guest today, we cannot get ahead unless we get together. Meet a serial entrepreneur, founder and owner of the Matthew Business Network, Mr. Stan Matthews. We talk about humble beginnings, the action goals of an entrepreneur, and how to best build a business from the ground up. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. interludes a pure lighthouse production this episode is brought to you by our national sponsor the matthew business network the premier growth platform for established black and urban business owners and now all the way live from the south side of chicago give it up for your host valerie johnson Of a master plan. Death, death, death with the record, deaf with the record, thinking of a master plan. Death, death, death with the record, deaf with the record, thinking of a master plan. Cause ain't nothing but
1: sweat inside my hands. So Hi
0: everybody, welcome to another episode of Interludes. And this is me, Val Johnson, and I want to introduce you guys to a entrepreneur, person who has been doing marketing for decades and teaching other entrepreneurs how to do the same thing. Um, he has this shop black spotlight and he has transitioned and that's available on Facebook as well as YouTube. Yes, it is. And I'd like to introduce you guys to a very phenomenal man. And I'm learning a lot from Mr. Stan Matthews. How are you doing on today?
1: I am doing wonderfully. I don't know why I'm so giddy today. I think it's because I'm on your show. And uh, I'm learning a little bit about you as well. <laughs> That's right, Val's the, um, what, is, uh, what, is, what does Dr. George say, the bomb.com.
0: <laughs> if you need someone to give you a pep talk, especially if you're trying to become an entrepreneur or business owner, you talk to Stan. That's, that's pretty much, he's the best cheerleader without pom-poms for anyone in that realm. And give me a little insight on your background. I, I know a little bit, but let my audience know like right. where you come from. What, what have you been doing?
1: Right. So I'm not, uh, I, uh, I was not born in the United States. I was born in Georgetown, Guyana which was at the time of my birth was British Guyana. It was a British colony at the time. The country got its independence in 1968 when I was four years old. Uh, The other thing that happened significantly in my life at four years old is my parents came here to study as students. Uh, My father is an electrical engineer, my mother as a nurse. Uh, And so for the next four years, I was primarily raised by maternal and paternal grandmothers. Um, And because, um, you know, I was without parents, I think they gave me a a little extra slice of love. So I wouldn't get as lonely as I could have gotten. And so, um, in this country, um, I thought I wanted to be like my uncle Frank and be a uh, international lawyer. Um, I thought he had a pretty cool life. He was always going to interesting countries. Uh, and served the United Nations for some number of years. Uh, But then I got the law degree and uh, did two summer uh, work experience opportunities at large law firms and uh, uh, was not necessarily as exciting as I thought it would be, Val. So, so, (laughs) but here's what happened, guys. And this is somehow, uh, I guess your prayers are answered the creator uh, put me at a marketing firm in New York on Madison Avenue. Um, um and we actually were doing some work for them we researching a matter that they had, they had a, uh, a case against, um, uh, one of their partners. And, you know, I had to interview several people at this firm and uh, I got a, a peek into how they build, which was very attractive. They build a lot of money. And, uh, also, <laughs> Uh, what they do, they tell other people's stories in bite-sized pieces, in print, on radio, and in television. And I said, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to tell other people's stories. So I guess I'm a griot. I'm a griot at heart. I love telling other people's stories. I certainly love inspiring other people to what else they can do to go to another level. And so, you know, 32 years ago, I decided that's what I was going to do. And uh, 32 years later, I'm still doing that. Um, My last business um, that I will be involved in is Matthew's Business Network. It's a professional network that has members nationally and internationally. Um, And it's premised on the fact that there's so much opportunity when we connect. Right? When we connect, we take advantage of the enormous skill sets that we have. When we do not connect and we're dispersed, we can't take advantage of those same skill sets. So we've grown um, to operate nationally in the US into the Caribbean and Europe. And next year we plan on launching uh, in uh, continent of Africa and Asia so that black professionals and entrepreneurs can be connected on a global basis. Uh, Just a factoid for you Val, uh, black consumers on a global basis, uh, spent $10.2 trillion last year.
0: That's uh, a the,
1: <laughs> with a T. With a T. Here's wow. the opportunity, guys. Here's the opportunity. You saw it on val show. <laughs> we did 2%. We spent 2% of that, a whopping 2% with each other, and 98% on everybody else. So there's <laughs> so much room. <laughs> to grow we we are the least prejudiced people with our money on the planet
0: <laughs> yeah we are yeah i i know i have a friend of mine that's obsessed with a store and her husband pretty much threatened her like you cannot buy another item from this store you can't right. um, <laughs> one saying that you that i find inspiring that i hear and how you close um many of your uh, meetings and things that you have is we cannot get ahead unless we get together. When you state that, I always think, well, why? I, I, I've, been, I've been trying to do something so, as a solo person for a long time, but I, I feel like I've been like running in place myself. Yes. So I like that. Where does that come from, that saying?
1: Well, uh, we are social beings by nature.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, um, check your own facts tell me how many great soldiers great fighters won any war by themselves tell me one guy that defeated a whole other army by himself or gal
0: I'm drawing a blank
1: didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) tell me any great sports athlete Michael Jordan Jim Brown
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. Tell me any one of them that won in their respective sports by themselves. Didn't happen.
0: Nope.
1: Right? Tell me any great company that you admire in America. IBM, Ford Motor Car, General Electric, Microsoft, Apple. Tell me any one of them that have had the success that they've had with one person. Didn't happen. Steve Jobs was a great innovative mind at Apple, but he had a team on the innovative council at Apple of seven people, including Steve Wozniak and a couple of others, who did the thinking with him. He had a mastermind, right? So, any of us who kind of been sold this bill of goods about Horatio Alger, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> Yeah. The people who are telling you this don't realize that black folks in America for many years didn't have boots or straps.
0: Wow. So no, we didn't no we didn't.
1: But with what? Right? The the other thing is that you lose the ability to tap into your own culture, into your own family for answers. Let me give you an answer. Um, tap into black culture. In most of West Africa, among the Ashanti people, among the Yoruba people, among the Igbo people, a young man's legal father is not his biological father. Let me say that again. A young man's legal, by law, a young man's legal father is not his biological father. So you would say, Val, why, Stan, why? Well, look how intuitive and in- brilliant our people are. A woman's mate may leave her, leaving the boy with fatherless. But if the boy's legal father is someone that is not attached to his mother by romance, but will be with her always, the boy will always have a father. So in many West African tribes, the boy's legal father is his mother's eldest brother, his uncle. Because his uncle has no reason to leave his sister.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, sharp are, but but see, but see, Val, we can't go in and pull that wisdom out without knowing that we're part of something greater than ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's an example of how team held families together and gave young men fathers even if the romance guy you know the guy that your mother got weak in the knees and cried about even if that guy (laughs) left the boy had a father (laughs) and i would say that played out in my own life that's how i found out about it my mama my mother and father were divorced Mm -hmm. i was 15 when i came to this country they were divorced my mother's eldest brother my uncle leroy was very much my father it also helped that his first four children were all girls, and Oh he, and he was kind of upset with his wife. He was like, yo.
0: <laughs> Where's a boy? <laughs> I want a boy.
1: His fifth child, Val, my, my, uncle, my cousin Matthew, you know, mm-hmm. came along. But my Uncle Leroy and I were very close. Most people never asked me whether he was my father. They just assumed he was. We were that close. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. so I experienced this West African cultural uh, reality of the mother's oldest brother really being the legal father in my own life. Yeah. So and, these are examples of why team is important. Now, as we go forward uh, in a technological digitized world, um, we are seeing the companies that are really. Accelerating and being profitable, of companies that could tap into teams all around the globe. So, a company that I know of, Zoom, Zoom has its software developers in India. No. Oh. Zoom, Zoom has its outcall people right in Jamaica. Okay. Zoom has its customer service people here in the U.S. And Zoom has its headquarters in Palo Alto. All these people make this phenomenon called Zoom, this viral platform that we're on right now, go. Mm -hmm. And it happens with dispersed teams making contributions that are essential to its success from all different parts of the globe.
0: it's important for an entrepreneur to get a team?
1: (laughs) For everybody to get a team. (laughs) I would say this, Val. Um, a dear friend of mine who is a corporate executive, mm-hmm. she's just a wonderful, wonderful woman. She says that everybody needs a pit crew. You'll oh. never find a great race car driver without a pit crew, someone to do the tire, someone to do the engine, someone to put in the gasoline, someone to talk to the driver on the headset. Right. So I said to her, yeah. I need a pit crew as well.
0: Riding along in my automobile. My baby beside me at the wheel. I stole a kiss at the turn of a mile.
1: So she said, Well, what would you be if you were a car? I said, I'd definitely be a Ferrari. And a Ferrari needs a pit crew, right? So, what is the pit crew for an entrepreneur? The pit crew for an entrepreneur is a great operations person. That could just make it run, the business run. A great lawyer. A great lawyer. A great insurance person. A great money person. Great banker. Right? A great HR person. You know, if you're gonna have a, a, an expanding enterprise, you need somebody to find you good people. And then you have to have policies to make those good people more productive. So that's five right there for an entrepreneur that you must have. Right, so you got a pit crew. So let's say you think, you know, you're a Tesla. Well, you got to have a pit crew Tesla. (laughs) Let's say that you are a Jaguar. Guess what, Jaguar? You got to have a pit crew. Got to have a pit
0: crew. I I think I'm an Acura. Or maybe a BMW, I'm not sure.
1: You wake up in your luxury bed and slide out of your luxury sheets. You get into your luxury shower and dry off with your luxury towel. You put on your luxury suit and your luxury watch. You grab your luxury coffee from your luxury coffee maker and add some luxury sugar. You step out of your luxury house and step into your luxury car, which makes everything else seem ordinary. Introducing the Acura RLX. With jewel eye LED headlights and precision all-wheel steering, it's luxury, taken to a whole new level is the foundation of my ability to think objectively. Um, mm-hmm. I, I recommend highly that any student who can go to an American law school, because one of the things that American law schools force you to do is think from the side of your mind that you're most prejudiced about an issue on. So mm-hmm. what that does is it creates balance in your thinking. So. When I took constitutional law with Justice John Gibbons, who was a retired justice of the second appeals court, you know, second highest court on the appeals level in the country, Mm -hmm. when we argued Brown versus Board of Education in law school, he made me take the side of the Board of Education. Oh. And the reason for that is that I was automatically, you know, from the perspective of justice, fairness, and equity on the side of student Brown. So he said, Stan, I know you, I I know you agree with that side, but now I'm going to ask you to make the argument for the Board of Ed, for segregation. Very tough argument to make because, you know, my internal, my orientation was that these people are racist, wrong, unjust. Now, you know, I have to write a, a compelling legal argument to defend them. What that creates is balance. It forces you to know, There's two sides to every issue in business. You've got to weigh options and you've got to make rational judgments. And sometimes you've got to see from a perspective that you don't like. Yeah, you really do. Because if you only see from your own perspective, you have a blind spot. So I would highly recommend anyone who has a chance to go to law school. They call that the Socratic method, the method of questioning from both sides. Having balance, right? The, the concept that comes out of um, pyramid science that the Greeks later called the nation Egypt. The Greek word for Kemet was Egyptos. Oh A I G Y P T O S, Egyptos. That's what they called the land of Kemet. The people called themselves Kemites the Greeks called them Egyptians well that's the America, that's the english version of it but the science that comes out of it is if you look at a pyramid it has two bases and a point so the concept for law that the egyptians created who knows how long ago was thesis which is your point and antithesis and then if you take thesis and antithesis, and they go up to the point of the pyramid, that's synthesis.
0: How could I move the crowd? First of all, ain't no mistakes allowed. Here's the instructions. Put it together. It's simple,
1: ain't it? But quite clever. So you can't get to synthesis unless you understand thesis and anti-thesis. Mm, right. Yeah. And so that's the whole idea. You know, you, the synthesis here is an understanding of both of these. You can't just say, I like this one. And then <laughs> I don't need all that. I, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you got to And so I would highly recommend that's what it forced me to do. And i brought that along in business. I've also saved myself a whole lot of legal fees because contract law, employment law, commercial law, all these things I know. Wow. All these things I
0: know. Well, that's wonderful. So for the person that is a, I've been hearing this terminology a lot, a solo pre- entrepreneur, or in other words, they're a person that's operating, it's me, themselves. There's me, myself, and I, and it's just them by themselves. Um, you've, al- you've already stated you need a pit crew. Um, you need to be able to have balance and being able to, you know, do judgment. So if that person wanted to learn about how to grow as a business person, what could they learn from the Matthew Business Network?
1: Well, what they could learn is it's uh, just not true that there's any such thing as a solopreneur anymore.
0: Ah,
1: mm I grew up in East Orange, New Jersey. It is the hometown of the father on good times, James Evans. Um, they, John they Amos. Got yeah, the got, John Amos is from East Orange, New Jersey. Uh, the late great Whitney Houston is from East Orange, New Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. Dionne Warwick is from East Orange, New Jersey. Wilma Rudolph is from East Orange, New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, in in that town the major town near to us in newark is newark is new jersey's largest metropolitan center newark new jersey Mm -hmm. so there's a street very much like the greenwood avenue uh or the tulsa oklahoma you know the black street where all the black entrepreneurs in newark it's called halsey street
0: Uh, Ah. broad street
1: is where all of the big businesses run through downtown newark but halsey street is where you go get the good stuff that's the Black Wall Street of Newark, right? <laughs> now, there's a guy uh, on Halsey Street in Newark. He's been there for more than 50 years. He makes the best straw hats. All the lawyers, doctors, big-time entrepreneurs, white and black, go to him to have him make these beautiful straw hats. Okay. And he would often say, you know, he's a solopreneur. You know, he works by himself, Mr. Green. But guess what? When I went to interview him, if you go in the back of his store, you open up that back door. There's a couple of guys weaving those hats. There's a couple of people cutting those patterns. There's his wife complaining about everything. But she's a (laughs) perfectionist, right? And, and, And she also wants to know every dime that came through that cash register. He has a team. Now, Mr. Green is known, he's out front greeting customers, but there's stuff going on in the back, even the solopreneur. Mm
0: -hmm. Tell me a
1: lawyer, a doctor, or an accountant who does not have a, a virtual or a physical assistant. Tell me one of them that does not have a couple of legal secretaries or a couple of bookkeepers who help them to keep the books. Tell me those that don't have an insurance person who can give them health, business, life insurance as they need it tell me who doesn't have a retirement specialist who can help you put something away from the time where you can't just work like you did when you were younger this idea of this solopreneur it's a it's it sounds like oh i'm a solopreneur it's quite unreal
0: go ahead and debunk that <laughs> just debunk what do it. they call that, that's an
1: oxymoron you know, <laughs> a word that's, that describes a thing that's not real <laughs> not contradictory there's no such thing, everyone has a pit crew, even very, very even the fighter, Muhammad Ali right, when he came back to the corner there was Angelo Dundee, there was Drew Bundini Brown those are all the people that made him, and what was he called? The greatest of all time. Even he Go- had a pit crew.
0: Mm-hmm. I think many goats, <laughs> greatest of all time, definitely have pit crews. Oh, and pit that's pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's what makes things mo- most important when you have support system like that. I, I fight for my support system. I have a support system with interludes and I'm just grateful that that I have that in place because I, I know I wouldn't be running my business without it. If people want to find out more about the Matthew Business Network, where would they go?
1: So you would go to M B N Connect. So c O N N E C T dot You could call 732-357-5701. Or here's a real tough one. You could email mbnstan at gmail.com. Pretty hard to forget. Mbnstan at gmail.com. No no heavy lifting to remember that one. Just think <laughs> MBN and the person who runs it and gmail.com.
0: And then there you go. They could they can reach out to you to find out more yeah. about how they can be how how they can be an entrepreneur with a network. the network the people that um and we cannot get ahead unless we um get together and i like i said i really like that um statement that you say and stan thank you so much for joining me on this episode
1: listen uh i would just say this right there are some people that you meet in the world Mm -hmm. at 10 seconds after you meet them um someone could ask you oh What's her name? What's his name? And you would have no clue. Val Johnson is not such a person, right? <laughs> Val Johnson is not such a person. <laughs> so, <Sweet
0: up>. <laughs> <laughs> see what I mean, guys? Cheerleader. <laughs> so,
1: I, so I am so grateful to be here today, grateful to know you, to call you friend. One of these days we'll connect person. I'm sure of it um and uh there are some real commonalities uh, some common themes that i look forward to working with you on uh, and i would just say this to you guys mbn is a membership driven organization and we are proud to count val-, val johnson as one of our members right remember this in the 21st century Membership-driven organizations are outpacing every other kind of organization. Why? Because membership-driven organizations, their success is based on an acronym called TEAM. And that simply is, together, everyone achieves more.
0: All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stan. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interlude. You've seen it it's the weekly chat with ep michael womble and valerie johnson interludes extra presents talk on tuesdays join us as we break down the latest topics surrounding music and movies and politics every tuesday at 8 p.m central 9 p.m eastern live on our interludes youtube channel Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Valerie Johnson and Michael Womble, original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production brought to you by our national sponsor, MBN, the Matthew Business Network, the premier growth platform for established black and urban business owners, For more information, please visit their website at thematthewsbroadcast.com or you can call area code 732-357-5701. When you call for more information, tell them that you heard it first on the podcast called Interludes. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website liktr.ee forward slash interludes. Pure Light Media.